Today we do honor our veterans, and again, I'll mention it again. Uh, These were men and women that gave part of their lives to defend the greatest thing about America, to defend our freedom. Uh, Webster, in his dictionary, defines freedom as the capacity to exercise choice. John Stuart Mill, an English philosopher at the first half of the 19th century, said it like this, The only freedom which deserves the name is that of pursuing our own good in our own way, choosing, choosing. And I think the greatest thing about America, there's some great things about our country. Some of the geography is, is just beautiful. Uh, the land is rich. Uh, but the, the thing that uh, I enjoy most in America, the thing that you enjoy probably most in America, is the freedom that we enjoy in this nation. See, because we're free, we get to choose. We get to choose which God to worship. We get to choose who to marry. We get to choose where to live. We get to choose our occupation. We get to choose what church we attend. We get to choose where we go to school. I have no king that makes that choice for me. The government does not choose for me. I get to decide. I get to choose. That's what freedom is all about. In fact, I think in America, we take more freedom for granted than most of the world enjoys. We take more of the freedoms that we have for granted than most of the world enjoys. I would rather live in the United States of America and enjoy the freedom that we have here than to live any other place in the whole wide world. This morning, I want to talk about freedom. I want to talk about choices And that's what freedom is, the ability to choose. I'm going to use the challenge that Joshua gave his people, the people of Israel, that we read about in Joshua chapter 24. He was getting old. He was about to turn over the reins of leadership uh, to somebody else. Uh, And he called all the people together. They hadn't taken all the promised land. There was still more land uh, to take. But again, he was getting ready to step down as leader. And he called all the people together. And he said, now you have a choice to make. Uh, You have a choice as to which God is going to be your God. He says, I'm going to tell you what my family and I are going to do. We're going to choose the God that brought us out of Egypt. We're going to choose the God that brought us into this land. But he says, you have to decide for yourselves which God you're going to serve. And so every day we get to make a choice because we live in this land of freedom. Because the price that were paid by the men that stood in front of the auditorium a moment ago and countless others that went to different places and did different things to defend this thing we call freedom. We have a choice that we make every day and putting in the the context of the choice that Joshua gave his people, we get to choose every day who we're going to serve. We get to choose every day how we spend our life. We get to choose. And are we going to choose? And again, we make this choice every day. I choose to serve God or I choose to serve myself. I choose to serve the one that made me or I get to choose to serve myself. You see, that choice people have made down through the ages. And I would advise you this morning, I would counsel you this morning, choose wisely as you make that choice. Because, you see, life doesn't always turn out the way that we want it to turn out, but it always turns out determined by the choices that we make. 
Let me give you some example. When you think of the, the man Lot, whose story we read in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, we think of that man called Lot. Usually when you think of that man called Lot, you think of that city called Sodom that the Lord destroyed with fire and brimstone. You think about his wife who turned to salt. You think about the incense, incest that he committed with his daughters. He was Abraham's nephew. For a while, God blessed his life. Uh, and, and yet, if you could go to Lot at the end of his life and say, Lot, is this how you wanted your life to turn out? Did you want to be known and be remembered for living in Sodom, for your wife uh, turning into a pillar of salt, for committing that awful sin with your daughters? Is that how you wanted your life to turn out? I'm sure Lot would say, no, 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 a thousand times no. I I wanted to raise my family like Uncle Abraham raised his. I wanted to teach them about God. I wanted to provide for them. But Lot found out that life is not what we want it always doesn't turn out the way we want it to be. It turns out based on the choices that we made. Lot decided to pitch his tent towards Sodom. He decided, he chose to move into it. He chose, and as a result of his choices, his life was a mess. Think about Achan, who fought in in Joshua's army at Jericho. At the, at the end of his life, he stood with his family and everything that he possessed in a valley, and the people of God stoned him to death. If you could go to Achan at that moment and ask the question, Achan, is this how you wanted your life to turn out? I mean, did you want to take your wife and your kids and have them all stand with you in this valley and be all of you stoned to death? And Achan would say, no, I, wouldn't, I didn't choose this. I didn't want this to happen. I wanted to go into the promised land. I wanted to build a home in the land that God had provided. I wanted to raise my family uh, to, to serve God. Well, Achan, your life doesn't always turn out the way that you want. Your life always turns out based on the choices that you make. Think about uh, David, a man after God's own heart. One that, that, that was a great king that wrote many, much of the Bible that we have today in, in the book of, of Psalms. And yet when we think about David, it's not a clean, pure record. We think about the adultery that he committed with Bathsheba and the murder that he killed in trying to cover it up. And, and again, if you go to David at the end of his life and say, David, is this the way you wanted your life to turn out? He would say, oh, hey, all of it except that one period when I made some bad choices. He said, I decided to stay home when I should have been at war. I decided to look a second time at something I shouldn't have looked at. I made some choices that, I did, that, 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 that were not right. I made some choices that destroyed part of my life and destroyed part of my testimony. Again, life doesn't always turn out the way you want, but it always turns out based on the choices that we make. Freedom is a wonderful thing. The ability to choose is a wonderful thing. But we got to make sure that as we exercise our freedom, we're making the right choices. And so this morning, I'd like to counsel with you a little bit as I preach about some of the choices that every single person that's here this morning should make. Number one... exercising the freedom that we enjoy in this country, exercising the freedom that these men that stood a moment ago paid for, you ought to choose this morning to get saved. You ought to choose to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. 
If we could go to hell this morning and we can talk to the rich man in hell that Jesus talked about in Luke 16 and we could ask that rich man in hell and ask him, hey, is this how you wanted your life to end? Did you want your life, your eternal life to be spent in hell? Is that how you wanted your life to turn out? That man would say, no, no, no. We know he would say no because of the story that Jesus told about him in Luke chapter 16. He, he looked across that great, great gulf that separated him from his God. He saw Abraham there with Lazarus, the beggar that he knew in his life. And he says, Abraham, could you send Lazarus? Just have him dip his finger in water and come and touch the tip of my tongue so that I could get some relief from this flame that burns eternally in hell. You think he wanted to stay there after he got there? You think that's how he wanted his life to turn out? No, a thousand times no. He didn't want to spend eternity in hell, but he's in hell still today because he made a choice to, re- to reject Jesus Christ as his Savior. If you're here today and you've never chosen, it's a choice that you have to make. If you've never chosen to ask Jesus to be your Savior, here's what I would encourage you to do. Choose to believe that you're a sinner. That's what the Bible says we need to believe in order to get saved. That I'm a sinner, that you're a sinner, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can, some of you I hardly know. Some of you are, I know a little bit about you and you live a good, clean life. But the Bible says we're all sinners. The Bible says that, yeah, we, when we compare ourselves to one another, we can hold up our own righteousness and say, hey, there's, there's, there's a worse sinner than I am. There's a badder sinner than I am. But God says, don't compare yourself to other people. Compare yourself to my glory. Compare yourself to my son. And when we compare ourselves to Jesus Christ, every single one of us come up short. The Bible says because we're sinners, we owe something. The wages of sin is death. Not physical death, but spiritual death. Being separated from God. Being separated from the one that made it. That's the penalty of sin. Look, if you're not saved this morning, you're in hell already. The worst part about hell is not the bottomless pit. It's not the flame that never goes out. The worst part about hell is being separated from your creator, being separated from God. And if you die in the state that you're in, you'll go to hell and you'll live apart from God forever. That's the wages of sin. Choose to believe that you're a sinner. Choose to believe that that's the penalty that God associated with sin. Choose to believe that God paid the price of your sin when he sent his son to Calvary's cross to die on that cross to pay for your sin. To pay for my sin. That's what Jesus did on Calvary. The Bible tells us as he hung on that cross, God took every one of my sins. He took every one of your sins. He placed them on his son. And on the cross, Jesus Christ paid for my sin. He paid for your sin. And because he did, he offers to every single person the gift of eternal life. If eternal death is being separated from God, you know what eternal life is? Being together with God forever. And ever, and ever. If you're saved this morning, heaven's already begun. Say, oh, preacher, you don't know my... No, no. The best part of heaven's already begun because you have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with your Father. 
He paid for it. He offers to every person that gift of salvation. Today, would you choose, would you exercise the freedom that you have in this country? Would you choose to receive it? Would you choose to take it? I wish God had set it up different. I wish as a pastor that I could go to people and say, here, I'm giving it this to you whether you want it or not. You're going to be saved whether you want it or not, Roy. You're going to be saved. That's not how it works. doesn't work that way. We have a choice to make. We have a choice. Are we going to receive Christ or are we going to reject him? You're going to make that choice this morning. Do you know that? If you're here and you've never received Christ, you're going to make that choice. You say, hey, preacher, I didn't come to make any choices this morning. I didn't come. Yeah, you are. You're going to make a choice. You're either going to receive him or you're going to reject him. Either you came in here lost and you're going to go out lost or you're going to go out saved because you decided to receive Jesus Christ. Exercise your freedom this morning. Choose to get saved. Again, our life has not always come out the way we want it to come out. Our life is determined by the choices that we make. And the foundation, the foundational choice for every life needs to be receiving Jesus Christ as their Savior. Would you do that this morning if you haven't? Number two, let me give you a couple other ones real quick. Go ahead and choose to get baptized. Go ahead and choose. I'll be the first to tell you. Baptism doesn't have anything to do with salvation. It doesn't. I mean, uh, Michelle's going to get baptized this morning. And and, and she's just as much saved right now as she is when she gets out of that tank in a few minutes after getting baptized. Baptism is simply putting on the uniform of Christ. Baptism is identifying with the one that saved you. Baptism is like wearing a wedding ring that tells everybody that sees it, hey, I'm married and I belong to my spouse. And I say that, I don't say that in a derogatory way, I say that in a good way. I belong to my spouse. And I'm not ashamed for anybody to see the, 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 the ring, and I, I don't have one because my wife passed away, but I'm not ashamed for anybody to see that ring uh, because I, I belong to her. Now, that's what baptism is doesn't have anything to do with you getting saved. It's identifying with Christ. It's telling everybody that sees it, I'm not afraid to to tell you I'm on the Lord's side. I'm not afraid to tell you that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I'm not afraid uh, to, 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 to go and be baptized in obedience to his command as the first step of obedience. I'm not afraid to be identified with him. Choose to go ahead and be baptized. Choose to go ahead and start your Christian walk by being obedient to God. If you're here today and you've never been baptized, you're a Christian, you've been saved but never been baptized, I would encourage you to exercise your freedom this morning and decide, choose to get baptized. Number three, choose to read your Bible. God's Word. This is not just some other book. This is a book that was written by God Almighty. It existed before the earth did. It will last forever. You think the Bible is going to be done away with in heaven? Not on your life. We're going to have the word of God, not only in person, but in written form. And we're going to be able to read this book in the the halls of heaven and, and see it come to life as we meet God, as we meet our Savior, as we meet the heroes that are in the Bible. In the book of Hebrews, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. But this is, book is no good unless we choose to read it. 
Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's what the word of God is. We need to exercise our freedom and choose to read it. A couple more real quick. Number four, to all the children that are in the auditorium this morning, just go ahead and choose to obey your parents. Just go ahead and make that choice to obey mom and dad. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. By the way, somebody tell me, what, at what age does this commandment lose its effect? How old as a child do I have to become before I quit obeying my mom and dad? Anybody ever ran across that verse? might be in the book of Hezekiah somewhere. There ain't no book of Hezekiah in the Bible. I tell you what, I've read the Bible hundreds of times. I've never found one verse in the Bible that says, when I get to be X number of years old, I can do away with that commandment of God as far as honoring my father and my mother. I'll be 64 years old next year. I'm still under the obligation to God to obey my mom. You're not exempted from that command just because you get so old. I know some of you that are maybe 30 and 40 years old, you might say, hmm, 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 I don't sort of like this. I'll respect mom and dad, but they tell me something that, hmm, I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, there, there may be an occasion where mom and dad tells you something you ought not to do, but it ought to be something that goes against that book. If it doesn't go against that book, you ought to honor your mom and dad and do what they say. I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, or 64, or 5 years old. That's part of honoring your father and your mother. And that is right in the sight of the Lord. Number five, I'll quit with this one. Again, we're talking about exercising freedom. We're talking about the choices that we make and how those choices determine our life. We ought to choose, we ought to choose to live a clean, pure life. The world in which we live is getting more wicked every day. There are more temptations to sin every, every day. There are different ways to sin every day. There are more opportunities to sin every day. We ought to just make the choice every day, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do what that book says. I, 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 I'm going to live a, a, a clean life. I'm going to live a pure life. I'm not going to let the world stuff its garbage into my mind. I'm not going to let the world stuff its garbage into my heart. I'm not going to let the world stuff its priorities and its definition of right and wrong into my life. I'm going to listen to God. He's going to determine what's right. He's going to determine what's wrong. And it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the courts say. It doesn't matter what our culture says. I'm going to live for God. And that's what we all that's what we ought to say. You got a choice. You have to choose to do that. And again, when you get to the end of your life, if somebody comes and asks the question, is this the way you wanted your life to turn out? Is this the way you wanted it to end? Is this the, is this the reputation that you wanted to have? Is this what people think of, would you want, want, is this what you wanted people to think about when they think about you as you reach the end of your life? It's not what you want. That determines that. It's the choices that you make. It's the choices that you will make today. And the choices that you make tomorrow. And the choices that you make the next day that will determine how your life comes out. We enjoy freedom 
We love our, the freedom that we have in this country. There's probably not one person in this room that, that would say, I don't like the freedom that I enjoy. I want to go somewhere where somebody else makes my choices for me. I want to go somewhere where the government decides where I go to church or the government decides who I marry or the government decides my occupation. I don't know about you. I would not want to live in a place like that. I'm glad for the old United States of America that gave me the freedom to make my own choices. But we need to make them right. We need to make them right. Would you choose today? If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, would you choose to receive him this morning? Would you choose to live for him? Our life is determined by the choices that we make. And we can make those choices because of the freedoms that we enjoy. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. I, 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 I pray for those that are here this morning that might not know Christ as their Savior. I don't know who they are, but you do. And I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit has spoken to them the last few minutes. They realize that they're a sinner, and that sin separates them from you. And there's nothing they can do to fix it except to come to Christ, who paid for all their sin on Calvary's cross. I pay, pray for the many Christians that are here. I pray, Father, that you would just uh, speak to our hearts. If there's something in our life that shouldn't be, if there's something in our life that needs to be changed, I just pray that you'll help us to make a choice this morning. Exercise the freedom that we enjoy. Make a choice this morning to make it right. Just bless this time of invitation. Help people to be obedient to what you tell them to do. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.